0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here
1: on earth as it is in heaven.
2: Sweet Jesus Christ, my sanity Christ my clarity
3: Good morning, Ecclesia. It's an honor to join with you as we gather for worship today. Would you allow me to pray for us as we begin our time together? Holy Spirit, would you unite us? Even as we are separated across the city, across the country, across the globe, we ask that you would connect us with you and with one another. We ask that you would move in and through this time as we sing, as we hear from your scriptures, as we celebrate the sacrament together, Lord, may we be your people united in worship of you and receiving from you the gifts that you have for us today. So give us ears to hear you. Give us eyes to see you. We ask all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, let's join in worship together.
4: Without Thy sweet mercy I could not live here Sin would reduce me to utter dis-
2: go glory where I reap and where I sow glory when my hand it grips the thorn glory in the still and in the storm glory It shines and then goes down Till God's kingdom come, my heart, my hands, their kingdom bound, glory, where thorns no longer curse the ground.
3: Please join me in this offering prayer. Our risen Lord, all that we have is yours. Our presence, an offering to your glory. Our talents, the humble bricks of your kingdom. Our very best, lain before you in gratitude. We submit this offering to the honor of your great mission. Would you work within us, around us, and through us. Bind us together in your redeeming work.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of day you are engaging with us, we are glad that you are here. Last weekend, we were grateful to welcome our community back into our buildings for in-person gatherings at both of our campuses. We all really, really enjoyed the air condition. So come join us next Sunday at downtown or the west side at 9 or 11 a.m. You know, one of our ecclesia rhythms is be hospitable. And part of hospitality is making sure that gathering indoors is as safe as possible. We are aware of the updates from the CDC, as well as some businesses and other organizations. And just like you, we are eager to see everyone's faces and be done with the masks. But as we review these new guidelines and discern what is best for our community, we have decided to continue to require masks on our campuses for the near future. We want everyone who is comfortable worshiping in person to join us. Our community is made up of those who have been fully vaccinated, as well as those who remain unvaccinated. Our mask policy remains in effect in order to create a safe environment for the most vulnerable among us. We also see this as an act of loving our neighbor. Thank you for being patient with us as we continue to navigate this complex season and create a welcoming environment for all. That being said, we would love for you to join us. We are gathering for worship through music, prayer and communion, as well as a message from one of our pastors. In this season, our services are a little shorter at around 45 minutes. And currently we are having children stay with their families, but we are providing a craft activity for them to do with you. So please do register at EcclesiaHouston.org or on our church center app so we can be best prepared to receive you well. One of the ways you can continue to connect virtually is through Be Still, our contemplative spiritual practice offering on Tuesday nights on Zoom from 8 to 8.30 p.m. Last week, Pastor Chris encouraged all of us to connect with God. This guided prayer time is a wonderful way to do just that. To register, go to ecclesiahouston.org/onlinecare. online care. And as a reminder, we are back in person for our kids camp this summer. Both our pre-K and elementary camps will be held June 28th through July 1st from 5.30 to 8 p.m. on our West Side Campus. If you want to sign up or help by volunteering, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash events to sign up today. Sisters and brothers, we continue to be grateful for you that in this crazy pandemic season, Our church, the hands and feet of Jesus, are continuing to be able to help those who are vulnerable, not just here in Houston, but around the world as well. And we want to extend just our heartfelt thanks. This has been a hard time for all of us, but we as Ecclesia, have been able to make it just a little bit easier for some of the most vulnerable among us. If you would consider continuing to give, we would welcome that. You can do that in one of three ways. One is to simply text your donation to 84321. You can also give through our Church Center app or go online to ecclesiahouston.org giving. Would you now join me in a deep breath And a prayer that god would open our hearts as he reveals to us what he lovingly has for us through the message of pastor sean amen
0: hi Ecclesia. it is good to be with you and it's been so great the last couple of weeks To reconnect with so many of you in person, Um, especially last week when we moved inside at both of our campuses for the first time, and every week it feels a little bit more um, like it used to in this great, beautiful blending of what used to be and what God is creating new. And so it's been great to see people face to face. And I know some of us are still really enjoying kind of being at home and taking in worship with our pajamas on and sitting on our couch and all of that, but I want to encourage you um, that we are a place, we are a people of connection, both to God and with other people, and that you are making space in your life to connect. I was thinking about this recently because I started a new practice with our family at home just a couple of months ago. A friend of mine was talking about it, and I decided that I wanted to try it. Uh, It's called the 20-second hug and it's exactly what it sounds like. When you see someone, you give them a hug for 20 seconds. So I started doing this with my wife, Rochelle, and our daughters when they would come home from school and Rochelle would come home from work. And you go and you hug somebody and you're in this rhythm of just kind of like the little quick hug, welcome home, and you hold that thing for 20 seconds and don't tell them that you're gonna hold it for 20 seconds, they think you're weird. Like maybe about five seconds in, it's kind of like, okay, dad, like, I'm going to get out of this. But then something happens. About 15 seconds in, you feel this release inside them. And about 20 seconds, they just sort of melt into that hug And those hugs always last longer than 20 seconds. Just an exhale, a release. And I think that makes a whole lot of sense because this last year has been really hard on a whole lot of us. We all have experienced more stress than we realize or want to admit. We've all experienced more isolation than we've realized or want to admit. And so I did some research and I found out that the 20 second hug actually increases um, oxytocin, which is the love hormone or the cuddle hormone. And it reduces cortisol, which is the stress hormone. It actually can help you reduce your blood pressure. 20 second hug increases happiness. In those 20 seconds you begin to feel another person's breath, their breathing. You can hear their heartbeat. And what all the literature says is the 22nd hug is designed to help us reconnect. So when you've not seen someone for a while, maybe an eight-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour workday, or maybe they've been gone over a long weekend, maybe it's been weeks or months, that this, this hug brings us together and that our minds, our bodies, all of our physiology, it craves that kind of connection. And that really shouldn't be surprising at all because we were made. We were made for connection. So last week, Pastor Chris talked about the creation story and God creating Adam and looking in the garden and seeing Adam and say, it's not good for man to be alone. And I know some of us think, man, I really, I really like being alone. The best translation of that passage, when God looks at Adam, is it's not good for the human being to be on his own. And there is a big difference between being alone and being on your own. In a lot of ways, a lot of circumstances, a lot of contexts, where being alone is exactly the thing that you need, that I need. But it's never good to be on your own. And that's important for us to know, Ecclesia, because today is Pentecost Sunday. That means it has been 50 days since Easter, and Pentecost Sunday comes after Jesus is resurrected and he spends time with his disciples, eating, sharing life together, teaching, letting them know what's to come. Now, now Jesus has ascended to God the Father and the disciples. He tells the disciples, I want you to wait. And God is going to send a power. And this is this power, this Holy Spirit that Jesus has been telling the disciples about this whole time, reminding them like there's going to be one and it's going to take all the things that I was doing and going to unleash you to do it. And this is what happens in the book of Acts in chapter two. When the holy day of Pentecost came 50 days after Passover, they, the disciples were gathered in one place. Picture yourself among the disciples. A sound roars from the sky without warning. The roar of a violent wind and the whole house where you are gathered reverberates with the sound. Then a flame appears, dividing into smaller flames and spreading from one person to the next. All the people present are filled with the Holy Spirit, all the people filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in languages they've never spoken before as the spirit empowers them. Because of the holy festival, there are devout Jews staying as pilgrims in Jerusalem from every nation under the sun, every nation anywhere. There are Jews there for this festival. They hear the sound, a crowd gathers. They are amazed because each of them can hear the group speaking in their native languages. They are shocked and amazed by this. The pilgrims say to one another, just a minute, aren't all these people Galileans? How in the world do we all hear our native languages being spoken? Look, there are Parthians here and Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians and Judeans, residents of Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygians and Pamphylians, Egyptians and Libyans from Cyrene, Romans, including both Jews by birth and converts, Cretans and Arabs. We're each in our own language, hearing these people talk about God's powerful deeds. Luke says here in Acts 2, their amazement becomes confusion. And I bet their amazement did become confusion. And They're all hearing the disciples speak in their native languages, knowing the disciples hadn't studied any of these languages. And what's amazing about this is that they know their own history and they know the history of the world. And here's the history of the world. What happens in the story of the universe is God creates people and God's create those people to not be on their own. But we keep trying. We keep trying to say, this is me and that's you. And so we do all sorts of things to make sure that me is over you whether it's in relationships or in families. We create tribes, we create us versus them, political tribes, ethnic tribes, religious tribes. And the goal is always for me to be dominant over you. I'll do it on my own. And those tribes, they go to war because I don't like the way that you organize your life and your government and your system. And I really like the way I organize mine, not because it's inherently any better but because I wanna be in power and so we'll go to war because I wanna be on my own. There's strife, power grabbing, relationships, experience, abuse. And all of this is an attempt to do one thing, to go it alone, to be on your own. And throughout history, do you know what happens when a person or a group or an organization or a nation tries to go it alone, you know what we always find out? You can't go it alone. It's not good for the human being to be on their own. So I've talked before Ecclesia about my love of history and my father was an American history teacher at the very beginning of his career and he passed on that love of history to me, and one of the things that you learn from studying history is that when an event happens, whatever changes after that event indicates for you what the event was actually about. So if you study the Revolutionary War in school, you will know that after the revolution is over and the colonies win, that that was about American political independence because that's the thing that changed or you will know what the Civil War is about just by looking at what's the thing that after the war was over, what changed? Well, this is what happens. When Jesus goes to the cross, what changes? And and yeah, there's plenty that changes for us as individuals, as people, as families, as communities. When Jesus goes to the cross and the Spirit descends on the disciples 50 days after the Passover, when the disciples begin to tell people about Jesus, after they have waited for the Holy Spirit as Jesus instructed them to, what changes? Everyone, everyone hears the gospel for the first time in their language. This is the fulfillment of Genesis 1. It's not good for the human being to be on his own, to be on her own. What's better? not being on your own? What's best? What's best is for you and I to be connected with every other human being. On day one of the church, people from all over the world, Jews, Romans, Greeks, Africans, everybody is invited into the world that God is creating. This is the new creation. No favoritism, no nationalism, no partisanship, everyone. That's what changes. The church exists to teach us that we are not good on our own. Now, I know that a lot of us have been taught that the maximum good is for us to experience maximum independence, That, that no one has a claim on us. But if that were true, if it was best to be on your own, why didn't God say that it was best to be on your own? Listen to what the apostle Paul says, writing years after this event, when he's writing to the church in Rome from Romans eight, he says, from the distant past, his God's eternal love reached into the future. You see, he knew those who would be his one day and he chose them beforehand to be conformed to the image of his son so that Jesus would be the firstborn of a new family of believers, all brothers and sisters. As for those he chose beforehand, he called them to a different destiny so that they would experience what it means to be made right with God and share in his glory. Now, one of the most overlooked teachings in the New Testament, maybe in all of the scriptures, is this idea that the people who follow Jesus are what Paul calls a new family of believers. A better translation is that Jesus is the firstborn of a very large family. And that means when when you turn your life over to Jesus, you become connected to everyone else who has turned their life over to Jesus. That's actually why the question when someone asked me, when someone asks me, what church do you go to? That's why that question makes no sense. Asking someone what church they go to is asking like someone, what family do they go to? When someone says, where do you go to church? That's like saying, where do you go to family? Well, I don't go to family anywhere. I'm a part of a family. I'm a member of a family. And those people, I'm a part of them, whether they like me or not. We are connected. We are not on our own. You are not on your own. Paul says, give each other a 20 second hug. Reconnect because you belong to one another. And I know for a lot of us, life can feel like we are really on our own. Some of us, some of us are single and don't want to be. Some of us are married, but that relationship feels like we might as well be single. Others of us have tremendous pressures around our finances or our kids or our job or our parents. It can feel like we're on our own. And this is why we are family. To remind each of us that you really are not on your own. That God has provided for you, sisters and brothers who are connected to you forever and to remind us all that we are provided to other people by God as their sisters and brothers. That it may not be you that feels like you're on your own, but there's someone in your world, someone a part of your church who does, and you belong to them. It's Pentecost Sunday. And here's what I believe for you and for me. That God is calling us to live in a very real way what the Apostle Paul proclaimed. That together we are a very large family. On Pentecost Sunday, we are called to reconnect. Ecclesia, let me pray for you. God, through the power of Jesus Christ, would you help us see and embrace one another in ways that are good and appropriate and healing? God, that you would give us eyes outside of our four walls, the walls that for many of us, God, for 400 days we've been confined to but allow us to emerge from that with a fresh perspective of who you are and what you're doing in the world, what you've called us to do in our lives. And we pray this in your name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Pastor Sean, thank you for your words of challenge, wisdom, and encouragement. Sisters and brothers, we now come to the table that Jesus is hosting in our service. The time where we are invited to feast with him. But before we take part, the scriptures encourage us to take an interior look. So would you join me in this confession prayer? In you, O Lord, We are raised to walk in new life, but still we are prone to wander from your path. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us obedience to walk boldly, following you in faith. Our eyes remain clouded by the things of this world. Even as your new creation is breaking through, Forgive us, Lord. Grant us vision for your kingdom. Help us to see you clearly. Our self-interest turns us inward. We are slow to empathy and compassion. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us hearts that break with yours. Make us instruments of your love for all people. Help us to leave these things at the foot of the cross. Help us rise again, a forgiven people. Grant us grace for this day, that we would place our hope in you once more. Amen. (sighs) Ecclesia, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, and arrested. And I wanna hang on to that just for a moment on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested. I want to tell you sisters and brothers that if you have been betrayed, if you have been arrested, Jesus enters into that pain with you. He has had that experience just like you. And Jesus is the one who is inviting you to this table. He shared a meal with his friends and he gave thanks. He broke bread. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. After the meal, he took wine and said, this is the blood of the new covenant I am making with you. When you drink it, remember me. And Ecclesia, let us remember Jesus. Let us remember that he empathizes with us in our pain. And as we take the body broken for you and the blood shed for you, I pray that you would experience the hope, the redemption, and the peace that comes from this feast. Amen
2: resting place in a search no more Oh my soul has found its resting place in a search I search no more to you from the deepest of depths to the stars up above there is no place I can escape your steadfast love and it's hard to believe Anchored safe in your rock, it holds, oh, my soul. Now is anchored say. I can't escape your steadfast love. And it's hard to believe it, but you say that it's true. Even my darkness, it is light to you. I can't escape your steadfast love, and it's hard to believe it, but you say that it's true, even my darkness, it is light to you, and it's hard to believe it, but you say Darkness, it is
1: light. To Gosh, what a wonderful worship team God has blessed us with, Ecclesia. It is now my joy and privilege to get to pray our kids' blessing over the kids in our community. So, would you bring to mind the children that are close to your heart. And today, our kids blessing has been written by some kids in our community. So thank you, Eva and Elise, for writing this prayer for all of the kids at Ecclesia. Dear God, we love you. You are good. Help us to love you and everybody Help us to know how you want us to show love to others. Thank you for helping us learn and concentrate on these last days of school. Please help us stay safe and healthy. Help us to walk in the light as you are in the light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again, Eva and Elise. And thank you, community, for loving our kids well by praying for them.
3: Our benediction today is a simple one from the late poet John O'Donohue. It is entitled, A Blessing to Come Home to Yourself. May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquillities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future graced with love. Ecclesia, we love you. May you dwell in peace.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.